Greetings, traveller, and welcome to episode four of Budo, The Martial Way. I'm your host, Lewis, and today we are going to talk about the four types of meditation. Contemplative, active concentration, passive awareness, and transcendental. There are many different types of meditation, many different types of meditative techniques, and if you have any experience, I'm sure it will be in one of these forms. These are kind of four categories of meditation, and to really get the most out of our meditative experience, we really need to have experience with as much of it as possible. We need to have breadth in our practice as well as depth. After we have a little talk about the four types of meditation, I'm going to take you through some guided meditation that is going to focus on passive awareness. If you joined us for the first episode of the podcast, you'll remember that we focused on posture and breathing. That was active concentration, really focusing our attention. But today we're going to work on passive awareness, where we're going to become aware of our sensory experience, become aware of our surroundings, become aware of what exactly is happening right here and now. So please get comfortable and let's begin. So the four types of meditation. We can think of these four types of meditation in a sort of pyramid structure. So we have the foundation at the bottom, which is uh, the most important, the where we begin, and we work our way up to transcendental at the top. So what is the foundation? What is the, the core fundamental beginning of meditation? That would be contemplative meditation. That is simply to consider, to learn. In the Buddhist Eightfold Path, the first step of the Eightfold Path is right understanding. We can't move anywhere, we can't begin at all without first the right understanding, the first, the very intention to learn, the intention to discover. We often hear meditation, the path to meditation, the path to enlightenment, the path to understanding. We often hear it described as a mountain. Enlightenment and understanding would be at the very peak. And we must, you know, we begin at the bottom and we work our way up toward that peak, toward that very height of understanding. But without even first understanding that there is a mountain, how many people out there in the world make no attempt at all to, to practice any kind of greater understanding of the world around them or, or attempt to learn anything more about themselves? Possibly a majority of the people... So if we are on this journey up the mountain, most of the people aren't even aware there is a mountain. So first we need to have that correct understanding. And aside from a very select group of <laughs> particularly wise individuals throughout history, all of us learn from someone else, from some kind of teacher, a sensei, a guide of some kind whether it be in person, whether it's through books, or now we have the fantastic medium of YouTube podcasts, so we can learn from people all over the world. But each one of us is guided by another individual, and through them, we can benefit from their knowledge, their understanding, through the things they have learned, and we can take that on board and we can incorporate it into our own understanding and our own philosophy. So before we practice any physical or 
practical techniques, we first need to have some kind of intellectual basis, intellectual foundation of understanding. You will see that throughout all practices, even Soto Zen, which focuses heavily on the, the practice of meditation. All these forms have some kind of recorded foundation of teaching that we must learn from. So it's very important for all of us to improve our intellectual understanding of Buddhism, of Zen, of meditation in this case, or as martial artists of our physical training, of nutrition, of whatever it is that we pursue. We must have that first intellectual understanding. We must first develop that theoretical understanding before we can really focus on any kind of practical application. So that is contemplative meditation, simply to sit and think, think about what we've been taught, think about what we've learned, and to revise that information, to repeat it in our minds. It's very easy to read something and or, or be taught by a teacher and think like, oh yeah, that's, that's really good information, that's really, uh, that's really profound, insightful information, I'll remember that, we're not going to remember that. We hit far too many things. Every day we are inundated with information. Without repetition, without revising that information, we will not remember. So that's why contemplative meditation is so important, because we need to revise, because we need to remember, because we need to reinforce that knowledge within our minds so that we don't forget. Because, I don't know about you, but <laughs> I've been alive for 30 years and I can't remember most of the things that have happened in my life. So without that repetition, without re that revision, we're never going to remember the important things that we really need to hold within our minds. There is a distinct difference between intellectual and experiential knowledge to know something as an idea or to know something as an experience. And that's something I'm going to talk about in, uh, in an entire podcast by itself very soon. That's very important, very key distinction to make. But right now, all we need to understand is that the foundation of any understanding is that theoretical knowledge is simply to think about what we have been taught and what we have learned. Second, we come to active concentration. So if I may, please allow me to start with a quote. That is why all the great Asian philosophies begin with the practice of concentration, that is, of attentive looking. It is as if to say, if you want to know what reality is, you must look directly at it and see for yourself. But this needs a certain kind of concentration, because reality is not symbols, it is not words and thoughts, it is not reflections and fantasies. Therefore, to see it clearly, your mind must be free from wandering words and from the floating fantasies of memory. Alan Watts. And with that, he explains the importance of concentration, the importance of being able to focus our mind on one thing and not have it distracted, not have it drawn away by fantasies, by imagination, by floating memory. You will often hear monks talk about the wandering mind, the monkey mind, and how we need to reel it back in. It is a very common practice to use some, some kind of repetition to bring our mind back and focus it. If you joined us for the first episode of the podcast, I talked about posture and breathing, posture and breathing, because those things are always with us. Your posture, you're always in some kind of posture, lying, sitting, standing, walking, and you are always breathing. In that first podcast, we began to count our breaths. Each exhalation, we counted one, and then two on the second breath and then three on the third. And that is a very common 
theme throughout many different types of meditation all through the world, whether it is the use of mantra to repeat something, to reinforce something in our mind. As I said previously, with that contemplative meditation, we are repeating a mantra, repeating a word or phrase to reinforce something in our mind, but also to build that concentration, to build that focus of thought. I read a while ago an, an article that was talking about how fidget spinners, is that, is that still a popular thing, fidget spinners? You know, those little, uh, those little ball bearing things you spin on your finger. I read about how counselors and teachers were saying about how those, those little toys were very popular with children with some kind of attentive disorder or some kind of uh, anxiety about how those little toys are very good purely because Active concentration is a point of focus, like a mantra, like counting your breaths. It is a point of focus, something to to reel in that wandering mind. Because if someone is filled with anxiety, if somebody is very easily distracted, it's because their mind is maybe wandering around a little bit too much. We need to reel it in. We need to develop that concentration. If I can give you another quote, I like to describe mindfulness as a threefold attentional skill set. Concentration power, sensory clarity, and equanimity working together. That's from Shinzeng Young in the book, The Science of Enlightenment. And that's something I'm going to come back to a lot. Concentration power, sensory clarity, and equanimity. Concentration, clarity, equanimity. Those three qualities are the qualities with which we should assess all phenomena, all thought, all our pursuits. Concentration, clarity, equanimity. With sufficient concentration will come clarity. The more we look at something, the more we concentrate on something, the more we will see it clearly in its full depth and breadth. And the longer we look at it, the more we will be able to look at it with equanimity. Equanimity is balance, is a non-judgmental, not assessing good from bad, just clear non-judgmental assessment. Seeing a thing as it is, as in its simple thusness, and not placing our own subjective opinion onto it. So again, if you didn't join us for the first episode of this podcast, I'd really recommend going back because that focuses on active concentration, the foundation of meditation to build that concentration with the simple act of focusing on our posture and breathing, which cannot be stressed enough. It cannot be practiced enough. Again, I was talking about the difference between intellectual and experiential thought. I'm absolutely sure everybody who's listening to this now understands the value of posture and breathing. Of course, you may nod your head and say, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you don't then overlook it and say, okay, let's get on to the more complicated stuff. You need to practice the fundamentals. You can't focus on it enough. So if you haven't already listened to that podcast, I'd really recommend going back and having a listen now, and then practicing it in your own time. That's the most important thing. I can only point the way. I can only suggest practices. I can't pull it through you entirely. You need to practice in your own time. But if we have had a listen to that, and if we have had a little practice, let's move on to the third type of meditation, passive awareness. So once we have developed our concentration, once we have built that focus of awareness on a single point, and we have to some degree got a hold of our mind and it's not kind of it's not so busy and it's not so just easily distracted then we can consider what shall i focus my attention on before we were focusing as always on posture and breathing which can never be focused on too much but what can we focus on next that would be the outer sensory experience 
Initially, when I began meditating, I considered my sensory experience to be consisting of the five senses, sight, sound, touch, taste, and smell, with the sixth sense being thought itself. That's something you'll often hear a lot. You need to consider the five senses and the mind to be its own sixth sense. And that's absolutely great. That's fine. But I reframed my understanding of that when I read The Science of Enlightenment by Shinzen Young. He reframes it slightly differently. He frames the sensory experience of outer scene and inner self. Outer scene to be consisting of sight, sound, and body sensation. So sight and sound, just the same as before. But body sensation itself consists of touch, taste, and smell. Taste and smell are two more subtle experiences. So we can kind of group them under the, the same umbrella as touch itself. We can kind of consider them to be bodily, physical sensations. Sight, sound, and body sensation. And then we have inner self, our own mental capacities within ourselves, independent of our surroundings. And they could be described as mental image, mental talk, and body emotion. I'm not going to focus too much on that inner self just now. I am going to do a podcast later on where we talk about that a lot more. We'll have another sit down, we'll have more guided meditation where we will focus specifically on that inner self, that mental image, mental talk and body emotion, because that is so important, so very vital. But right now, we're just going to take it one step at a time. And we're going to focus on that outer scene, sight, sound and body sensation. If I can give you another quote, Ordinary experience, when greeted with concentration, clarity, and equanimity, catalyzes a process of insight and purification, which culminates in the ability to have complete experiences whenever we want. Again, Shinzen Young. He talks about having a complete experience whenever we want. Zen is often described as simply seeing things as they are, seeing reality, seeing this current experience as it is, and not to be lost in thought, as Alan Watts said about being lost in wandering fantasies, but to be here and to be present now. And to focus on our outer sensory experience and to see it in its true thusness is so important because just like with posture and breathing, how we are uh, <laughs> eternally attached to this from birth until death, so are we too with our outer experience. We cannot shut off our sight, sound, or body sensation. Even if I close my eyes, I can still see, I can still see light and color. And it takes a lot of effort for me to block my ears so thoroughly that I can hear absolutely nothing. And my body, how can I shut off the sensations of my body, my touch and my feeling and my sensation? To quote, to understand reality as a direct experience is the reason we practice Zazen and the reason we study Buddhism. Shin Liu Suzuki. All of these people are saying the same thing, to understand something simply as it is, to understand this experience, the truth of the present moment. And so that is why we're going to focus on passive awareness today. So as I said before, concentration, active concentration, that comes before passive awareness so that we can make some effort to tame our wandering mind and we can work toward building our concentration because concentration is a skill. It is not something that we are all blessed with. You know, we like to think we have complete control over our mind, but I think we all know that's not true. It is very easy to be 
lost in thought, to be distracted. So first we need to build that concentration. And once we've built that concentration, then we can use it to look with concentration. We can look clearly at our current sensory experience. And I say it is passive awareness because we allow the sensations to come to us. We allow it to come to us. We're not going out there. We're not, we're not searching for anything. We're not grasping. We're not looking for anything. We are simply evenly balanced with equanimity. We are allowing all of these current experiences, all of these sensations to come to us. Whatever it is, is simply as it is. And finally, we have transcendental meditation. Transcendental meditation to transcend the self. Some of you may have heard of ego death, of a dissolution of the ego, of a, of a softening of the sense of self. That is very important. And again, something we're going to talk about entirely in its own podcast in the future. But to have a transcendental experience is to surpass the experience, to, to rise above it, to disconnect from it, to dissolve into a beautiful nothing. And that is simply to stop meditating. That is the, <laughs> the true final goal of meditation, especially in Zen, is to be able to let go of meditation and to be able to embrace the current experience. But of course, if you were to say to a beginner, oh, the final stage of meditation, the final goal is to no longer be meditating, then <laughs> you would think, well, what's the point in even beginning? I've already won without even trying. But of course, there are steps to this. First, we need to learn the techniques. We need to learn the understanding. We need to learn the philosophy. We need to build the concentration. We need to become aware of our sensory experience. We need to practice this and we need to revise it to such a degree that it becomes our natural way of life. Or as it is said in the Bible, to be in the world, but not of the world. In classical Taoism, a state of high concentration is called shou yi, which means to hold to the one, or zu wang, which means to vanish where you are sitting. So that is achieved with a high state of concentration, of high focus, where you can focus on the present experience so much until you realize experientially the truth of no self, the truth of the non-dualistic reality. And that is required with a balance of effort. So first we must apply effort, first we must try, but then we must become so practiced and so experienced to the point at which we can practice these techniques without any effort. And that can only come through repetition, through experience. So that is the way that I personally frame the major types of concentration. Of course, we also have concentration in motion when we talk about yoga or tai chi or something of that description or even any kind of uh, activity like running or swimming or anything at all we can achieve that state of high concentration in practice but in meditation those are the four categories that i think most things fall under and very comfortably build an idea of what we should focus on and how we should move forward and how we should learn and progress in our practice First, we need to start with contemplative meditation. First, we need to learn. First, we need to research, whether it's through books, whether it's through a teacher. However it is, we need to learn from those who have experienced this before and who have a much greater wealth of knowledge than ourselves. We need to learn from these people. We need to take on board the information that we can. Once we have learned the philosophy, once we have learned the techniques, then we could begin active concentration. We can begin to practice. And really, you can do this, from, of course, from day one. 
to practice that concentration or whether it is through the use of mantra or counting breaths or with a fidget spinner or whatever it is we have a point of concentration and then once we have focused that concentration we can almost diffuse the concentration into a state of passive awareness where we become aware of the outer experience which is exactly what we are about to practice in just a few moments and then finally transcendental meditation where we let go of meditation entirely where we become the experience where we dissolve our self and become one with the universe which may sound very lofty ideals and which may sound a little bit peculiar and unrealistic to some but i assure you it is possible i have experienced it and many others have experienced the same or very similar experiences and that's something i really look forward to talking about in the future when you get into the really deep stuff but for now let's talk about passive awareness so please if you haven't already grab yourself a cushion grab your zafu have a sit down find somewhere comfortable and let's go through a few minutes of guided meditation. Maybe you're listening to this on the train on your way to work or at work or in some kind of busy environment. That's fine. That's absolutely not a problem. But I'm going to talk as if we are at home. To those of you who are at home, to those of you who have the opportunity to sit down somewhere quiet, to be somewhere peaceful, somewhere a little bit solitary. So if you can, please take off any and all accessories, glasses, watches, necklace, socks, anything at all you don't need. Get rid of it. We don't want it. We're going to have a little sit down. So sit down on the floor, cross your legs over. I like the half lotus position and make sure you have something under your hips. Get yourself a Zafu, a cushion, prop those hips up, get those knees down on the ground. We're going to cup our hands, one hand inside the other, thumbs gently touching. That's going to rest in our lap, nice and easy, nice and comfortable. From there, we're going to sit up tall. Our eyes, now this is quite important, our eyes are going to be looking down about 40 degrees ahead of us. Not quite 45 degrees down, a little bit, a little bit higher up toward the horizon, but our eyes are gently looking down. Pick one point, pick a single point in front of you, and you are going to fix your eyes in that position. We're not going to move our eyes from that position right there. So now we should be sitting down, we should be starting to get nice and comfortable. We're sitting up nice and tall, our back is straight, our hips are level, our shoulders are nice and relaxed, we're easy, we're comfortable. And then from there we're going to move on to our breathing. So to begin with I like to take a couple of nice deep breaths. Oh, that's right, take a nice deep, big deep breath in, oxygenate those lungs, fill those lungs with air and have a nice oh, relaxed breath out. Just a nice couple of deep breaths, get plenty of air on board, oxygenate ourselves to begin with. And then that breathing comes down, it returns to that nice natural rhythm. No effort. not forcing anything. Everything's easy, everything's relaxed. So from here, what I'd like you to do, now like I said, we are going to move on to that passive awareness, we are going to move on to something new. 
To begin with, we're just doing the same thing we do every single time. We're bringing our concentration to this present moment, to this experience. We're starting on posture and breathing, as we always do. Same with every single time we sit down. My posture is correct. Now I'm going to start to think about my breathing. To begin with, I'm going to count one to ten on each exhalation. So I breathe out, that's one. I breathe in, and then on the next exhalation, that's two. And then again on the next exhalation, that's three. And we're going to go all the way up to ten. I'm going to leave you to do that on your own just now. So again, we bring our mind back to our posture. Are we comfortable? Are we upright? Are we at ease? Is our head over our heart? There's no tension in the shoulders. Our hips are nice and level. Our knees are on the ground. And our breathing, we're just bringing our focus to that exhalation. We're just thinking about that outward breath. So now let's bring our mind to passive awareness, the outer sensory experience. First we are going to begin with sight. So as I said before, our eyes are forward and down, they are fixed in a single position and we're not going to move our eyes from that one position. Our eyes are going to stay rested just where they are. But as we gaze on that single point, as we look at that single point ahead of us, we're not getting blinkered, we're not getting tunnel vision, and we're not just focusing all our attention on that single point. As we look forward, we have a huge field of vision with our eyes. I can see to my left, I can see to my right. Without moving my eyes, I can see my legs beneath me. I can see my nose in front of me. I can see the walls beside me. I have a huge field of vision without even needing to move my eyes at all. So as you sit and as you gaze at that single point with concentration, we begin to have that depth of experience, that clarity, where we can see everything that is near to us, everything that is far away, whether it's far to the left or to the right. When I'm sitting in group meditation and I, and I have people sat to my left and right, I can see them without any need to move my eyes or to turn my head. While looking directly forward, I can see the people to my left and to my right. Whether you are sat Soto Zen style, looking at a wall right in front of your face, or whether you are sat on a porch, maybe you're looking over a 
very nice outdoor environment right now or you're looking at your room or maybe you're sat on a train and you've got all kinds of people and all kinds of movement and exciting things in front of you it doesn't matter it's all the same equanimity balance there's no judgment you're simply looking ahead your eyes are fixed on that one point and everything that you see in front of you consider it like a painting it is one single image it is moving it is forming it is changing it is evolving all the time but it is one single image a video is made up of many still images but what we're doing is we're focusing on that current still image so it doesn't matter what it was two seconds ago, it doesn't matter what it was five minutes ago, it doesn't matter what it was five years ago. Whatever you're looking at now is what it is now. It's a single image. We're looking with concentration. We can see clearly. We have that clarity. And whatever it is, we're looking at it with equanimity, with balance, with that same impassive lack of judgment. And now we are going to bring our mind to the sound, to our hearing. So what I'd like you to do, now this is something I never normally do, and I will not ask you to do this again, but just now, I would like you to close your eyes. So I've closed my eyes. Now we always meditate with our eyes open. We always sit and gaze, as we've just explained, at that single point. We always have our eyes open. But just now, I'd like you to close your eyes because I'd really like you just now to focus on that sound, on that hearing, on the sensation. So what can you hear? Again, I would like you to assess your hearing with the exact same quality with which we assessed our sight. So we are listening to everything we can hear whether it is quiet, whether there is barely any sound, whether you can't really hear anything over the sound of my voice, or whether you are in traffic, whether you're on a train, whether you're walking through the middle of a great city, whether you are filled with all kinds of different sounds. Obviously, if you're walking through a city right now, maybe you shouldn't close your eyes. But for everybody else, we've got our eyes closed, and I want you to hear what you can hear. No judgment, no assessment, whether it's the chirping of birds, and the flowing of a gentle stream, or whether it's traffic, the honking of horns, the shouting of voices, doesn't matter. It's all just sound, it's all just noise. And in exactly the same way that we judge sight, we only judge what is happening right now in front of us, we are doing the exact same thing for sound. So as soon as a sound ends, as soon as you can no longer hear something, it's out of our mind, it's gone. We are just listening to what is happening right now. So as we are listening to what's happening right now, we are listening to any constant sounds. Maybe you can hear the whir of an air conditioner or the hum of an engine. Any constant sounds, don't ignore them. Just because it's constant, just because it's always there, or at least at the moment, don't ignore it, hear that sound. 
But in exactly the same way that we hear constant sound, we are going to listen to any brief and intermittent sounds, the slamming of a door, the chirping of a bird, the barking of a dog, anything that briefly comes and go, we give that the same attention and the same awareness that we give the continual and constant sounds. Whether it's loud, whether it's quiet, we hear everything. And as we hear this sound, the reason I want you to close your eyes is because I don't want you to associate that sound with anything that you can see. What I'd like you to consider now is, where is that sound? Everything that you can hear, where is it? It's not out there in the world around you. What you are hearing are shockwaves in the air reaching your eardrum the sensations from your eardrums and electrical impulses up into your brain. So it's not out there in the world around you. What you can hear, you can only hear it once it reaches your eardrum. And once it passes through your eardrum and electrical signals up to your brain, your brain creates a sound to give you a representation of what you can hear. So where is it? Where is that sound? Where does it exist? It is an illusory quality. It doesn't exist tangibly anywhere that you can identify. It is simply an experience in your mind. And what we must do is we must experience that sensation completely in isolation. So as we listen and as we hear sounds, what I don't want you to do is I don't want you to associate that with anything that you can see. Don't start making connections. Don't start considering where that sound is from or where is that sound what made that sound if you can hear a bird don't start trying to imagine what kind of bird it is or what kind of car that you hear somebody close the door on or you hear a voice that you and you think you might know who it is don't try and associate don't try and create ideas then you're just building thought upon thought you're extrapolating your creating your own assessments of the situation. We're not doing that. We are simply listening to things as it is, completely impassively. And now we are going to open our eyes again. So I'm still looking in that same position. I'm still gazing in that one fixed point. And I can see everything with the same balance and equanimity and I can hear the sounds no judgment no assessment I allow the experience to come to me and to pass through me I am only experiencing what is happening now And finally, body sensation. Again, we bring our assessment, concentration, clarity, and equanimity. We bring our mind to our physical sensation. What can we feel? The heat, the cold, the connection with the floor, the connection with the cushion beneath us, our clothes, 
the lack of clothes where we can feel the air on our skin? Where does it feel comfortable? Where does it feel uncomfortable? Nothing's good, nothing's bad. Just assess the condition of your body. What can you feel from head to toe? And as we assess our feelings, as we assess the sensations of our body, we kind of loop back around, back to posture, back to the very beginning. We may find some tight muscles, maybe around the face, maybe around the shoulders. So if you find any tightness, maybe around the hips, the legs, wherever you find any stiffness or any tightness, when you assess your body, we relax those areas. We're easy, we're comfortable, everything's fine. It's all good. We are comfortable. We're upright. Posture. Breathing. Sight. Sound. And body sensation. So as we look, we look as if we are deaf. Our sight, our vision, we do not connect it with anything, anything that we can hear, anything that we can feel. We just look impassively, no judgment, whatever view we can see, whether it's day, whether it's night, if we can see clearly, if we can see a great view, if we can see very little, it's all the same. It's all one experience. It's all one image. And our hearing, everything that we can hear, all the sound that we are exposed to, we don't connect it. We don't associate it with anything that we can see. We listen as though we are blind. Whether it is quiet, whether it is loud, Constant sounds, intermittent sounds, it's all the same, it's all one experience. And finally, body sensation. Where we are comfortable, where we are uncomfortable, hot, cold, aches and pains, or where we feel good, it's all the same. We're just sitting, we are experiencing things as they are. Thank you for your time and effort. So I hope you found that interesting to talk about the four different types of meditation, contemplative, active concentration, passive awareness, transcendental. If you've practiced meditation before, if you've tried different techniques from different teachers, maybe the things that you have learned, maybe you can associate them with one of those categories. Maybe that's given you some kind of framework to understand the different techniques that you will hear from different people. 
the different approaches that people have to meditating, to the same experience, to the same practice. If you have any thoughts, if you have any questions, if you have any opinions at all, please give me a comment. I will read, I will reply. I'm really interested to know what you thought about that and about the guided meditation as well, about that sight, sound, body sensation. And remember, concentration, clarity and equanimity. We apply those three qualities to all of our experiences, to our posture, to our breathing. So today we focused on that outer scene and in the future we will focus on that inner self, the mental image talk and body emotion, which kind of mirrors that outer experience and that's really interesting and that's where we can sort of start to delve within our own mind and start picking about inside our own thoughts, which I think is really fun and really interesting. We have new episodes every Tuesday and next week I'm going to talk about something that was especially challenging for me. A couple of weeks ago, I climbed the Great Mount Fuji. Now, the difference is that most people climb this from the fifth station, which is more than halfway up the mountain. I decided, maybe in a slightly foolish fashion, I decided to do it from the bottom. So that is 3,000 meters of elevation that I had to climb. It took me 11 and a half hours to get to the top and another four and a half hours to get back down. 16 hours of work. It was pure suffering, the likes of which I haven't experienced since I was in the army. It was a real challenge. It was serious training, but in some strange way. I don't know if I would call it fun, but I certainly feel a pretty good sense of accomplishment from having achieved that. So that's what we're going to talk about next time. And if you are interested in climbing Mount Fuji, maybe that's one that you should definitely listen to. I know a lot of my clients here in Japan have never climbed Mount Fuji. It's funny, it's, uh, it's one of those things where, you know, when it's right on your doorstep, people just don't make the effort. Thanks for listening, and if you found some of what I've taught you today to be useful and interesting, please practice it in your own time, and please let me know what you think. Until next time, those on the way become the way.